How many remember when you were filled with the Holy Spirit? How about and there's a few of you that's going, mm. God's going to meet you here today. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I remember when I got filled with the Spirit, I remember I was raised a Roman Catholic, and um, I, you know, I was dating my wife, and you know, I went into the Air Force, got out. Her brother led me to the Lord. She and her brother, and then he was on fire. I, yeah, we just, you know, I was just, I was hungry for God, and he shared with me about the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I didn't know what that meant, but I was game for anything. And I remember listening to a, a radio program. I was living at my house. I mean, I weren't married. And how many remember Bill Pierce? Do you remember Bill Pierce, Night Sounds, Moody Bible Institute? Anybody? Do you, Stacy? Bill Pierce. I believe he had a ministry to insomniacs because he would come on about 12 o'clock and he talked like this. And he played the trombone and shared the word of the. So if you had a sleeping issue, he put you to sleep. And, and, and Moody was not necessarily a college that necessarily believes in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And not, you know, they don't propagate it. They don't teach it. And I was filled with the Holy Spirit while listening to this guy. <laughs> I don't know why. My father was downstairs. He, my father, <clears throat> uh, he didn't, he, <clears throat> he thought something was wrong. But um, he had one of his ears blown out during World War II. He was a gunner. <clears throat> so they didn't wear apparatus on their ears, and it just blew his ear out, so he couldn't hear real well. But I went nuts. All of a sudden, I've spoken this language that, you know, I just, whoa, 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 whoa. Did this just come out of this? really happened? Then it got louder and louder and louder, and I just began to bang the floor. <laughs> it's just crazy for the Lord. My father, my father the next day, says, well, no, I heard something up there. I wasn't sure what it was. It was God. I just, I just remember it like, it's just like sweet honey on my lips. It was amazing. And uh, it revolutionized my life next to coming to Christ. So I want to talk with you today about that very thing. And then I'm going to show you two very short videos. Videos, both of which have everything to do with Elam Bible Institute at the time. And two of the major speakers in the entire country, both of them were connected right here to Elam Bible Institute. Very short um, video, but I'm going to let you see that because uh, I want you to see what a revival looks like. I want you to see what the fourth and last great awakening was looking like before you were born. How many are hungry for a fifth? Huh? I mean, really, give me that again. You're alive today. David, are you ready for a fifth? <laughs> I love that guy. What is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Father, in Jesus' name, lead this time we have. Anoint us with your spirit. Show up. And we'll just saturate it all in. In your name we pray. Amen. What is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. As for me, I baptize you in water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I am. This is John the Baptist. I, and I am not even fit to uh, remove his sandals. He himself will baptize you, drench you, immerse you in the Holy Spirit, and with what? 
with what? Fire. What does fire do? It burns, and it also consumes. That literally means consuming lightning, if you look that up. Something happened to these people. They, they knew the Lord, but something just exploded before them, and it consumed them. And that's what happened to me in, in, in Baltimore, you know, back in 1971. It just consumed me. It just ate me up, and it just took me to a place that I had never been and never even knew about. Absolutely fantastic. Just amazing. So what is it? It is uh, an immersing, a drenching, a consuming of the same Holy Spirit. There is not two Holy Spirits. There is one Holy Spirit. But this is a consuming. Brother Stacy was talking about baptism just a little while ago. And uh, in my denomination growing up, they sprinkled you. You know, you get a little sprinkle. And then when I got saved, I, I found myself being drenched in the Magathy River in Baltimore. Debbie and I both. A drench, immersing of that. But, you know, it's saying we're dying to Christ, but it just completely overwhelmed you. Uh, when, is the, uh, when does this experience occur? Well, there's a couple of them. He has all kinds of ways. I'm going to share uh, just a couple with you. Uh, after water baptism. <clears throat> and when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, that's one way you can do it, laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. Uh, they could, uh, uh, pardon me, uh, they could see something, some kind of manifestation, and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. So they saw something there. As, as Paul was laying his hands on them, something was materializing in them. They actually saw some kind of manifestation going on. It was different. It was heavenly. It was glorious. Something that they could see. And they all began to speak in tongues and they began prophesying. This is not odd. This is the word of God. God has this for you. There are prophets out here. Prophets and prophetesses out here. God's calling you to do that. You're maturing here. You're just coming into yourself. Everybody does that come through, comes through here. What is it that God has for me? Where am I going? What am I supposed to do? Some of you know exactly what you're to do, and some of you don't. God is, God is birthing things in you as you are here at Elam. But they saw this, this, uh, this manifestation going on. So it occurs that way. It also occurs, uh, uh, and not necessarily after water, but it can be a number of different ways. There's another way. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. And all the circumcised believers who had come after with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out upon the Gentiles also. Those wretched people, you're one. You know, so they, he, he, God's doing something to the Gentiles too, for they were hearing them speak with other tongues and exalting God. This manifestation that was going on, it was glorious. It was flipping them out too. They had never seen this before. This is, this is you see, this is Acts. This is the only book in the entire Bible that is not finished yet because the church continues on. So something miraculous happened with them. They, they began to uh, 
speak in, in another language. And I want to share something with you in that Acts chapter uh, 8, verses 14 through 15. Let's see what I got the right stuff here. 346. Um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit um, is not, it's not contingent upon your salvation, but it is very necessary in walking with God and hearing from God and moving in God and allowing the Lord to speak to you in ways that uh, are different than you speaking to yourself. He gives you judgment. He gives you a guidance. He gives you direction. The Holy Spirit gives you a heavenly GPS to guide you in what you need to do. It has to do with power, and it also has to do with spiritual influence. We are influencers. We influence by the Spirit of God. We were moved by, you were moved by music. You were moved by um, um, someone's preaching or teaching or sharing or exhorting. This is, an, this is a spiritual influence. When you pray for somebody, when you see God do something, when you see God break through in an area that maybe you've been struggling in or someone else has been struggling in, that's spiritual influence. That's power. I was acting this way and doing this thing, but now I don't do that anymore so much, and now I'm not doing it at all. That's spiritual power. That's influence from heaven. You're literally hearing from God, and he's filling you in those moments as a vessel. Uh, Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 46. Uh, if you look at that, really, in, in the Greek, it says it's an uncertain affinity. A, a, um, if I can go back, let me see if I can go back here. I got to point it. to point it this way. I'll just keep it there. It's a, a certain affinity. It's a chemistry, a language uh, that actually uh, is not naturally acquired. It's not a specific language. It's not, it's not in any specific language at all necessarily, but it is um, a, a very, it's, it's an affinity. It's, it's, a, it's a chemistry from heaven almost that, that um, is something that we don't normally say or do or speak in. You're going to hear in just a moment a man named Costa Dare at a massive, massive rally in Jerusalem in 1974. There were thousands, tens of thousands of people there. He was leading worship. Pat Robertson, all kinds of people were there. It was this, uh, this morale. Costa Dare would come into a room and, and uh, he would just, well, he's normally always pinching you on the cheek and trying to kiss you on each side and kiss you. And I'm not particularly used to that, but he would do that. And, uh, and then he'd look you in the eyes, and he'd lift his hands. He said, and I'll, never for, I'll never forget, Debbie and I, we were living in that little apartment down there, Debbie on College Street. We were, I was, and then you come down that hill, and then up this hill to get in here. And I was coming down that hill, just coming out with my little orange Volkswagen, and I was coming down that hill, and Costa came right out of the road, and he was walking, popping mints in his mouth, which he traditionally has to do because he ate so much garlic. And uh, I... I it was Costa Dare. I said, this is Costa Dare. So I have to stop and roll down my, that's when you had the little handles, you see. You had to roll them down then. You know, none of this, it was handles back then. And I rolled it down and I said, Brother Dare, do you need a ride? He, oh, no, 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 no. You want them in? And I said, well, sure. I, didn't, I just kind of woke up and brushed my teeth, but I would take one from Costa Dare. It didn't make any difference. I'm taking them in. 
And uh, he said, hey, you, he said, take a second here. Stop. Put it in park. And I said, put it in park. He can stop. And he began to worship in the spirit. He stopped. He lifted his hands up. He began to worship in the spirit. And I'm sitting there with him by the steering wheel. Just worried. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was 30 seconds. I'm just worshiping in the spirit. And then he was done. He began to walk away. And I just went down the hill. It was, it was just, it was, it was a chemistry. It was, a, it was this, uh, 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 this naturally unacquired language. He just, I was enthroned with this. It was power. And it was revolutionizing my life. It was amazing. Do all believers possess the Holy Spirit? Well, the short answer to that is yes, they are. All believers in Jesus Christ possess the Holy Spirit of God. There's no question about that. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So when you give your heart to the Lord, well, you possess the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. Um, How many of you like sweet things? All right, put your hands down. How many of you really like sweet things? What is the thing you like most? Huh? Oh, cheese Danish? Okay. You got something going on there. Cheese Danish. Who's, who's another? Come on, confess it. Let's go. How many other? What do you like? Ice cream? Any kind? Doesn't make any difference? Chocolate? Yeah, you know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. Ooh. That got me right there, okay? (laughs) That got me. Now, let me ask you something. Do you know how to make them? Could you make them from all of us? I'm only kidding. No, I'm not. Did you learn that from your mom? Okay. When when you come in the house and your mom, maybe you come from school, can you smell them almost as you're coming into the house? And when you got there, say you hadn't really eaten a lot in school and you're just hungry for a chocolate chip. You're just hungry for the Danish. You're just hungry for some, some, some ice cream. I mean, you just, you do any, you would almost eat paper, anything to just have her give you not just one. So you walk in and your mother, you just, you can't wait. You see, it's all in the air. And you walk in the house and you go, mom, chocolate chip. She comes and she gives you a half a cookie. And she says, honey, enjoy it. There's no more for you. How are you feeling? <laughs> It's the way the Holy Spirit is. So you you got the cookie, and it's real, and you like it, like it a lot, but you want more, right? Why? It's good. It's tasty. You remember it throughout the day. All your taste buds are going just nuts. You're going, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate cookies, chocolate cookies, like the cookie monster, everything. You know, you probably eat them like the cookie monster. Or he he probably would. (laughs) That's the Holy Spirit. You get the cookie, you get the spirit, but you want more. you got to have more. But if your mom says you can only have a, you'll do anything you can to get more cookies. Mom, you got a telephone call out there. you got to take the telephone. Well, i got my cell phone right here. Oh, okay. And then you think, it's, get her out of the room so you can get more cookies. 
How many have ever gotten anything in the house and you, sh- you know you shouldn't eat that much, but you just can't help it? That's the Holy Spirit. That's what he's talking about. You possess the Holy Spirit, but this is more. This is tasty. This is rejuvenating. It makes every spiritual taste bud in your whole body dance. It's amazing. It gives you vitality. Sugar gives you a little lift too, right? You can be down. You kids, I know you kids, you're in a classroom. I see you in the morning up there going with your coffee, moseying up the hill like this, just drinking your coffee a little bit here. And there. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I've never seen kids like that need their coffee. What's that stuff in the dining room? Is it cappuccino? You, you, you can get it out? Does that got caffeine in it? I don't do caffeine, okay? But I, I was at a, it was at a PC. I'll tell you, it was at a PC meeting, and I got this. I just needed something because none of the machines were really working with anything else. And so I went and got some of this cappuccino. So I could just, maybe it's just straight. I'll just take a sip here and want just to wake me up. Well, I got that stuff. I got a half a cup of that stuff. It was sweet, and I'm, I'm drinking that stuff, and it just jazzed me right up. Wow. I could paint this whole campus. Somebody give me a paintbrush and some paint. I was jazzed. You all drink caffeine? Who drinks caffeine? So you, all, you can handle it. I can't handle that stuff. I was just up and ready. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It moves you, excites you, and it causes you to move in areas with God that you never even knew existed. It's just spectacular. Is the baptism in the Holy Spirit an unnecessary option Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the what? The apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samarians had received the word of God. What does that say to you? That says to me that they they believed in Christ. They accepted the word that they were speaking. Then they had them come down that they would receive the Holy Spirit. Well, obviously it was the Holy Spirit that drew them to to, uh, believe in Christ and his word. But now they said we need to to baptize them in the Holy Spirit. They need to receive the Holy Spirit. They need to get a jolt of spiritual cappuccino. They need something from God that is going to make them literally witnesses for me. Preaching, sharing the gospel. That's the reason you're here. No matter what you do, whether you're a preacher, pastor, missionary, worship leader, whatever you are, whether you're a business person, whether you're going to work in social work, you're going to be working in education, whatever you're going to do, you are witnesses for Christ. And you're going to need the Holy Spirit of God. I will say to you that the baptism of the Holy Spirit changed next to my, my giving my heart to Christ there would have to be words, new words brought about and invented to uh, me to share with you what it's done to me. It has revolutionized me to a way that I couldn't tell you. It, sometimes it's just you're just not able to do, say it. You just do it. You just move in it. And he, Paul, said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? When you believed. And I'm just, I'm not a smart man, okay? I'm not the, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. But you, they believed. 
And then he said, As you, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Now, I, I ask you how many have been filled with the Spirit, and there were some hands raised here. Some of you want it really bad, and you're frightened. It's like a really cool fright. You know, it's like, I, I, I'm really, this is really, I don't know what to expect. I'm just not sure. And there's a part of it, that's, I, don't, I don't know that I want that. Then another part of it, but I can't help it. It's pulling me in like a chocolate cookie. And, and, uh, and God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit, for those of you who have not been filled with the Holy Spirit. Nothing's going to jump on you. It's not going to swing you around and throw you from here to the fountain. Nothing's going to happen like that. But that, <laughs> he said, that'd be cool. <laughs> uh, the Holy Spirit does some crazy things, brother, I'll tell you that. But he's saying, I want you to receive the Holy Spirit since you believe. That's what I'm trying to share with you. Why is the baptism in the Holy Spirit so important? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive dunamos, power, dunamos, where we get the word dynamite. You shall receive boom, kabam, explosion, power. Once the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. That's the purpose of that. My witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even in the remotest parts of the earth. It's, it's, to, it's to share Christ. You know, uh, that's the reason a lot of miracles happen on the mission field because miracles happen on the mission field because they are, they are manifestations that bring people to Christ. Like, whoa, what just happened? The Holy Spirit baptism comes into a room and it, 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 it hits people in different ways. And when it happens, it's almost like a flood. It comes through. And it comes through to a place where some people don't know what's happening. Uh, I remember when I was, uh, I was at a uh, full gospel businessmen's meeting. I was a very young guy. I was with Tom Nelson, and Tom Nelson then worked with NSA, and, uh, and, and Jack Coleman. For those of you who remember Jack and Gene Coleman. And I was at, a, I was at NSA with this, these bunch of people. I was filled with the Spirit, but I, didn't, I never saw anything like this. And there's a bunch of these. are officers or uh, lieutenant colonels or captains. There was one a brigadier general. There was other, and then there was NSA people because that's the National Security Agency. And, and it was a part that we could go in. It was in, on Fort Meade. And I'm watching these guys, maybe 100 of these, 125 of these guys in this room. And all of a sudden, they're just working. Now, these are officers in the United States Army. These people are big time. And the Spirit of God came through that place and knocked them right down. Some of them were on the floor just worshiping God. Skeptics were leaned up against the wall. Remember Lieutenant Colonel just leaning up against the wall, just worshiping God. He didn't know what the heck hit him, but he had this smile on his face. And there was a revival that was going through all of, of the military at that time because it gave them power to share and express the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they were fearless in doing it. It was amazing. I don't even think the Vietnam War was over at that time. It was almost. It was over when I got here in 74, somewhere around there. Just power. Power to revolutionize people's lives. Is there an immediate sign of the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Oh, well, it just happens to be. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. That is a sign 
of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, I've had a lot of people say to me, even Pentecostals, charismatic people say, well, you know, you know, it's just, uh, you know, you, you can't just do that. You know, people are filled with the Spirit. You know, uh, I can name some other non-charismatic people that are large and big and they're on television and all that that say, you know, you, know, you, don't, you don't have to do all that stuff. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there is a manifestation of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And for those people I feel who say always defending against it, as I look at them as a therapist, and I've done that throughout the years, it's interesting with some, because I've counseled all kinds of different people. It's interesting. I've, some of the people that say that really have some um, issues of just non-belief in their, in their lives anyway. And they can become critical and cynical over things in their lives that they were critical and, uh, and cynical over, things that happened to them in their lives. Or they're very analytical, very Thomas-ish. Thomas, Thomas, show me, show me, show me. He must have been from Missouri. Show me, show me. And, uh, and normally they, they are that way. Not always, but often they are. There is a manifestation, and it is the, it tongues. Whoa, what? And then some guy said, well, you, 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 you got to speak in tongues to go to heaven? Of course not. But it sure does put you on the rocket launch, I can tell you that. It'll take you and allow you to say things and move in areas with God that you never even thought you could do. You just stop and pray in the Spirit, and all of a sudden you find that you're moving in God, and, and you, you can even, you don't want to stop. You just want to keep eating the cookies. You just can't stop it. I had a person one time, this is the truth, and I knew this person, a very stable, loving person. It was in a meeting, and God was moving in a miraculous way, and this person uh, just went out in the spirit in a chair, and they woke up and this smile on their face, and they were just speaking in tongues. And I remember uh, a, a woman uh, going over and talking with this woman, holding a conversation, but she couldn't even stop speaking in tongues. And she tried. She said, just couldn't stop speaking in tongues. And the other person just got caught up in the spirit, and they began to speak in tongues and worship God. Another person, another person. And all of a sudden, God just moved. Fire took place like the upper room. It was a wonderful manifestation. So, no, it doesn't mean, you know, you're going to heaven. But why wouldn't you want my, what would you want a four-cylinder or do you want a, a Mercedes-Benz or do you want a 450 Cobra Jet 1969 Fastback? How many want the Fastback? There you go. How many want a little two-cylinder? Sounds like a little lawnmower. Ain't going to get you nowhere. You get yourself, the Holy Spirit just puts the power in you. You shift that gear and you're gone. And it's all to lead people to Christ. It's all about Christ. It always has been and it always will be. You're going to go through tough times in your life too. I know some of you think you've gone through tough times. I'm 21 and you wouldn't believe all the things I've gone through. No, I haven't been abused or anything like that. But just life, life gets to me. You don't know what life is. You Buckle up and hold on. You're going you're gonna to get life. Life's going to hit you square in the eyeballs. You're going to need the baptism in the Holy Spirit to walk you through areas and as you're worshiping and praising, even when you don't feel like it. You do that by faith, God will meet you. Every single time, God will meet you. It's that powerful. It transcends beyond the things that try to take us down. Always lifting us up. Always moving us forward. Always pointing us to the cross, and others as well.
when Paul placed his hands on them, they were, uh, them uh, the Holy Spirit uh, came on them and they spoke with other tongues and they began to prophesy. What is speaking with tongues? What, what is it? Some kind of language? Remember I shared with you that it is, it is a naturally unacquired language. We can't find it. Some people go, and I've, I've had this too. Some people go, well, you know, I've been in a meeting and I've heard people speak in tongues and I don't feel I can pronounce those syllables. They kind of move and flow and things and shandais and all these different stuff. And, and I don't know what I, I, and so they somehow think that they are uh, uh, just resolved to making those kind of sounds like other people. That's a lie. God will modify in you how you would speak. Well, how do I do that? Just by opening your lips. Well, I, whoops, how do you talk? Well, I open my lips. Open my lips. I'm pronouncing. And so you just stop and you go, you mean, because I want it. So if I just lift my hands and just by faith begin to just speak anything, God, even if you're saying praise God, praise God, pray, and next thing you know, you're just speaking in another language. It doesn't have to be the person's language next to you, to your left or to your right. It needs to be your language. God's going to modify it for you. He's going to meet you in that dimension. It will carry you until the day they bury you. The one who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands, but in his spirit... He speaks mysteries. <laughs> now there is, you know, if someone speaks in tongues and, and you know, it could be um, an interpretation of tongues. And some people will tell you that. I'm talking about worshiping in the spirit here. Someone blurts out a large tongue. It needs to be interpreted. Um, but I'm talking about worshiping and self-edification and moving and just praying in the spirit no matter what you're doing. Uh, you know. How many, how many have road rage? Come on. There's one honest person. There's got, uh, thank you, and there's a female over here. Anybody else have a road rage? Come on. Another one. You all, get out of here. How many drive? Get out of here. You're not telling me. How many have, uh, how many have, um, oh, subdued anger? Oh, they got more. <laughs> okay. So. I don't have road rage, but sometimes people get to me because my mind moves fast. Therefore, I think my wheels need to move fast on my car. And, and so sometimes I don't get, do I get, I don't get crazy, do I, Deb? No, you do. You've, you've had about four tickets as a result of this, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> didn't, you didn't you do time one? Didn't you do time for this? <laughs> well, you know, there have been some crazy moves with cars. And people do crazy things, like pull out in the traffic and they don't move. And they put the left blinker on and they make a right turn. I don't know why. Maybe they're dyslexic. I don't know. But the fact is, sometimes they get crazy, in particular if you're in a hurry to go somewhere. And, or the light, you, there's this light, and you don't even know why the light's there because there's not a whole lot of cars coming anyway. You've been through this light a number of times. But it's a long light. It's, I'm, I find that in Rochester, there's long lights around here in Baltimore. They keep those things going, get them going. Here, it's like a longer light. I'm going, oh, 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 oh I got to go. You know, and, and so it's a long light. And so sometimes when people do crazy things, 
I'll just sometimes, because it's me. It's, it's a me issue, right? It's a me issue. It's a you issue. <laughs> it's a you issue. I just stop and I begin to speak in tongues. Oh, God, Thank you, Lord. Meet me right now, Lord. It's not her, it's me. It's not her, it's me. Oh, God. Is she going yet? No, she's not. All right. Oh, God. And just begin to praise the Lord. And he just begins to calm my spirit because I need to have a calm spirit. It's not their issue. It's me. And so I just say, okay, you know. And it just, it works. It's, it's, it's something heavenly. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's just... Music does it and that kind of stuff, but the Holy Spirit just calms you right down. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So when you're speaking, I don't, all, I don't know what I'm saying. All I know is that when I do this, inside of me, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling encouraged. I'm feeling uplifted. I'm feeling uh, settled. I'm feeling leveled. I'm feeling spiritually lifted up when I do this. Or, or maybe something's going wrong, or I'm frightened, or I'm scared, or, or um, something is, is, uh, is going on in my life that I, I don't have any control of. I begin to speak in another language, and somehow, supernaturally, from heaven, it's a, it's a heavenly chemistry. It begins to calm my heart and my spirit, realizing that he is my peace, and he'll take care of these things, and he always does. That's what it does. You can even be in the spirit, worshiping in the spirit, asking for an answer to something, and God will reveal that to you as well. So, yeah, that's what speaking in tongues is. Of what value is speaking with tongues? One who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. So I'm edifying myself. And when we worship in the spirit, uh, and we should, we worship in the spirit, that is, that is an act of obedience. That's an act of faith more than anything else. And it's you just simply just going, I'm stepping out by faith, and I am looking to you to meet me. I'm warning. It's God meeting man. God meeting woman. God, you say, I need you, and God says, I got what you need. And all of a sudden, you find in that moment, something changes. The atmosphere changes. The smell in the room changes. The trajectory changes. Everything all of a sudden looks difference because the Holy Spirit has showed up. Amen? Just shows up. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What's the outcome then? I shall pray with my spirit and I shall pray with my mind also. And I shall sing in the spirit. I shall sing my mind also. (laughs) My wife and I were talking over there. Um, mm. So when we worship God, it's good to say, let's come, Lord Jesus. Let's give him our praise. Oh, God, show up. Oh, Lord, come on, let him, let him hear you. Let him, and all of a sudden, you're, we're all right, all right, all right, all right. And we're, we're just calling out. But it's almost like he takes us, he takes us, and he just takes us to the precipice. We're going right here. And we're going, come on, Lord Jesus, yes, Lord. Come on. But what we need to do is we need to get into the water. Oh, let's, let's just all just uh, be conscious of the Lord. Forget all about that. Why don't we just step into God? Move out in God and worship in the Spirit. You catching my drift? Huh? 
You just begin to worship in the spirit and begin to lift your hands. And you are not, it's not about you anymore. It's about him. Brother Stacy was teaching on lordship. Great, great message. But he talked about us getting in the way of his lordship. And how we can take over and we can be in control. Now, if you want to be in control for the rest of your life, then you don't want to mess with the Holy Spirit. I've seen, I've seen Brother David Edwards up here. There's, I, God bless him. There's no one stiffer than David Edwards. Now, I'm not being ugly, but he was stiff. as Wasn't he stiff? David Edwards. He could be stiff. He was a stiff board. He's Welsh. Well, yeah. So it was, it was ethnicity going on. And he'd, pray, he'd be praising the Lord. And uh, I remember when they, had a, they were burning the, uh, the mortgage to this place. He was there. Bob Mumford was there. Some of the council of elders. We were just ministers sitting back there. And you're burning the mortgage. It's a happy time. You don't have to pay anymore. And they were just, they were, people were dancing. Even Brother Carlton was dancing. And uh, David, I was just going. I thought he was in the military, just going like this. But he was doing all he could, and he was kind of looking around. Then he went. He got into that, and that was about it. He stopped real quick. And (laughs) um, (laughs) but when he sang his hymns, he was in the spirit. When he sang those wonderful Welch hymns, he would just pray and he would lift his hands and worship God. You see, when you, when you pray in the Spirit, you are entering into a river. You are entering into something that is supernatural. When you pray in the Spirit, you are not about you anymore. You are about him and him grasping you and you and him amalgamating yourselves to all of a sudden you're fine. I'm in a different atmosphere. That's what you're here for. Because that does multiple things in your life in multiple different ways. Praying in the Spirit, you enter out there and you begin to worship and sing in the Spirit. For those of you who sing in the Spirit or speak in another language, do that. Do that here. Do that in your classroom. Do it on the worship team. Do it wherever you go. Worship Him in the Spirit. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Him. And Him in you, the hope of glory. That's exciting. Well, somebody say amen. It'll... it'll, It'll grab hold of you. Now, Costa Dare, this is a statement he made. I'll show you in just a couple minutes uh, about Costa. The Spirit, he said, will shape for you a language of prayer and praise. Shape for you. I don't know how to pray. You just speak in the Spirit. It's a language of prayer and praise, and it, and it shapes something in you that you couldn't shape yourself and you couldn't put together. Well, let me see if I can control this. You can't control the Holy Spirit. You can't control the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit controls us because the Holy Spirit always leads us to Christ. God wants to, revol- God wants to not only revolutionize your life, God wants to change you to a capacity where you end up saying, I must have more of this. I must. I have to. Because it's something that I've never experienced, but yet it coincides with my deep longing and desire for Jesus. And I just can't get enough of the cookies. It's that miraculous in my life. How should a seeker for the baptism of the Holy Spirit be instructed? Well... If you then, being evil, know how to give 
good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How do I receive the Holy Spirit? Huh? How do you receive it? You just ask. Well, you know, do, do I have to quiver? Do I have to shake? Do I need to roll? Do I need to kneel myself? What do I need to shake? What I, I, tell me, can I need to swing off the oscillating fans? What is it that I need to do? You just ask him. And then it's by faith. If parents give you good gifts and good things have happened to you by other people, and they go, oh, you know, here, this is yours, and, and, and they love you legitimately, well, you got to stop and go, you didn't ask for that. And sometimes you do. What do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas, honey? Well, I want this and I want that. How many often, not always, of course, how many often when you ask your parents for something, they gave it to you for Christmas? Uh-huh. Just raise your hand on that if you want. It's a bunch of them, okay? So they're not turning you down. And if you ask your heavenly father for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he's not going to turn you down either. You just need to get away from yourself. It's got to act, be a certain way, sound a certain way. I got to, am, am I embarrassed? I mean, I'm embarrassed. Is anybody looking at me? Or are other people doing it? If other people speak in tongues, then I'll speak in tongues. If other people do it, then I'll do it. That's not, that's not faith. It's not about them either. It's about you and Jesus. Jesus wants to revolutionize you as much as he wants to revolutionize them. Don't let the enemy make it seem like you've been eating bananas a lot. You don't want to do that. You want to be free. But let him ask in faith without doubting. Believe him. With man, these things are impossible, but with God, what? You're going to believe that this year? God, God wants to do great things with you, man. He wants to do mighty, mighty things. You just, by faith, you ask by faith. How did you come to Jesus? You ask by faith. Father, come into my heart, please. Jesus, set me free. I'm asking you by faith. You didn't see him. He wasn't real like this, but by faith, the Holy Spirit drew you into him. You ask, and he, you give your heart to God, and here you are. Same way with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Powerful. And without faith, it's impossible to please him, because he that comes to God must first know that he is. Uh, that one says, anyone who comes to God must first believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. But he that comes to God must first know that he is. Okay, you're almighty God. There's nothing you cannot do. You are God. You are. And that he's a, then a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. What is your reward? God, I want to be filled with your spirit. And if I have been filled with the spirit, uh, then, Father, maybe I've become a little... Maybe you just haven't really entered into that so much. Maybe I need to be refilled with the Spirit. You don't have to be refilled with the Spirit. you got the Holy Spirit. All you need to do is, by faith, just crank that up and allow God to meet you in that moment, and you will find yourself in a different place. There's no refilling. He's done it once. He doesn't have to do it again. You do. You just need to come closer to him and long for him and just enter out in it. And again, be, be away from yourself. Well, I, I am rather reserved, you know. Can I be filled with the Holy Spirit and be reserved at the same time? Do I have to move? Can I speak a language at least as dignified? <laughs> I don't know. 
And you can be sitting, standing, not moving, lifting your hands, not lifting your hands. But as you enter out, you are not in this galaxy. You are not in this atmosphere. You are not in this place. You are in the heavenlies. Moving in the heavenlies with God. And in those heavenlies, I'm not particularly cared about what I'm doing or who I am. Now, this is amazing. This is the last, uh, the last one here. This is amazing because this is a statement from Jack Kayford, a great man who came here a number of times and spoke. And he pastored church on the way in Van Nuys, California. <clears throat> I was at his church once, not to speak, just to be there. I uh, would have loved to have spoke there. I never did. And um, he had a, a, an amazing college. It was the King's College, which now is, by the way, what's the brother in Texas? Uh, Morris, um, Robert Morris, his college, he, Jack Hayford gave it to him, and he formed that college out of the college that Jack Hayford gave him. This is how Jack Hayford wrote, written many books, one of the best books on the Holy Spirit you can ever read, by the way. Jesus gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, yet when the Spirit comes, he is loaded with packages. It's just the way he put it. He desires to release much more in us and through us than we could possibly ever imagine. These gifts are given for delivery, not for accumulation. They're given so we give them out. We share, we express, we move, not just to hold them in. There's a time for self-edification for sure, but they're, they're always for propagating Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ. We receive them to pass them on to others. It's amazing. They're loaded with things. I'm, 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 I'm anxious. This is an anxious day. Not, it has nothing to do with academics. It's just maybe it's some, something from my past, something that I deal with. God wants to meet you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, I, I'm depressed and I stay depressed a lot because you have to understand my family systems. I get it. I'm a therapist. I know that's real, real, real. You begin to pray in the Spirit. You're going to find out that there is amazing strength there. I have a low self-esteem. I don't think that I can do it as good as they can do it. <clears throat> I don't believe I have the ability to, to do things the way that other people do. I don't think I can get through this class. I don't think I can get through this semester. I, I don't, I'm not so sure of myself. Stop! If you feel with the Holy Spirit, just begin to lift your hands and speak to him in another language and just glorify God. Stop for a moment. Get beyond yourself and hunger for him. And the glory that he has in the cross will fill your life, your heart, your mind, your soul in every way you can possibly think of. Dunamos, power. And God wants to fill you. Uh, are, we, are we on the click with those? I'm on the click with, with them. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to share with you right now um, here in closing. We're going to pray. <clears throat> I'm going to share just very brief, two very, very brief um, videos. And the first one, is a video from 1974 of which none of you were born. <laughs> what I meant was, none of you students, thank you very much. None of you students were born. Some of us were. Maybe not even some of your parents. Um, and this is the 1974 World Conference on the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem. Major speakers from all over the country, world, were there. Ecclesiastical, Roman Catholic, Protestant, 
Pentecostal, charismatic. Pat Robinson was there. I mean, all, all kinds of people. It was just speakers galore. It was, a, I don't know, it was like a three-day conference. People came from all over the world. Thousands and thousands of leaders. Now, you're going to see a man, Costa Dare. How many have never even seen a picture of this guy? Raise your hand. You don't know who. You heard about him, but you've never seen a picture of him. Okay, you've never seen a video of him. Excuse me. Claire, this isn't on video. That's what happens when you get up here and you got allergies. Um, Costa Dare was the one that they asked to lead worship during this conference. Now, Costa Dare was from Jerusalem. I think uh, Brother Ramon, he, he, he was affected by Costa. We still get people because all Costa did was train leaders, train leaders, train leaders. He was an amazing uh, man of God. He moved in the spirit. And, and I can tell you this, there was a lot of people, even Bob Mumford and others, they were, oh, it was like Costa Dare, do the cruise with Costa Dare. Do a cruise with Costa Dare. Uh, let's, uh, let's, you, you come and, and spend time with Costa Dare and other speakers. He, they, he was becoming like a big name, and he stopped it. Did you know that? He stopped it. He didn't want to have anything to do with it. He said, I don't want, I'm, that isn't where I'm going. I train leaders. Ten months out of, out of the year, he trained leaders. Amazing man of God. Apostle. Unusual. Unorthodox. But amazing man of God. Powerful. He's at this conference, and he now is leading worship. They're videoing. He was on TV. He was on CBN. It was all over the place. And they asked him to be the worship leader. And this is Costa. I'm going to show you what worshiping in the spirit is. This is Costa. He's got this big handlebar mustache now. It's curled all up, waxed up really good. Amazing man of God. me want to eat a lot of chocolate chip cookies. That man stood right up here with Carlton Spencer and the rest of them. Amazing man, world-renowned, wherever you went, you heard of Costa Dare, praying in the Spirit. That's Elam. The gospel, the person of Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit. He was one of our fathers of this place. Costa Dare, the amazing Costa Dare, 
who could praise and worship God at any time. I remember, I remember Bob Mumford. I've, talk, I've never talked with Bob Mumford until I got here. We, I've did about seven videos with him, seven Zooms. He said, I remember one time Bob Mumford was speaking, speaking all over the place, and he was in an airport, and somehow Costa and him met in an airport, and Bob had put on some weight, I guess, and Costa was very fit. You know, he'd bark off a tree. It didn't make any difference what it was. He just, was always, you know, running and doing stuff, and, and, uh, and he said to Bob, he said, uh, uh, you're killing yourself by way of fork. <laughs> it's like Bob Mumford. He goes, and Bob said, what? He said, you're killing yourself by way Stop eating so much. And which Bob Mumford said, I, I got I to gotta do it because Costa just said it. You know, it must be the word of the Lord. I don't want to die. Uh, but an amazing, amazing stories will be told of him forever. I want you to get this guy's face in your mind and your spirit. He's an apostle of God. A world-renowned man of God, and he came from this, well, he came from Jerusalem, actually, but he was Elam's, one of Elam's leaders. I'm going to play one more for you, and this is, uh, this is the Charismatic Renewal Conference in Kansas City, 1977, of which you were, you were at, weren't you? You were at. Brother Stacy was at that. I was pastoring, left here. We were church planting in North Carolina, and I wanted to go so bad, but I couldn't, I couldn't afford it. And... Um, <clears throat> But this is 1977, Kansas City and the Kansas City Coliseum where the Chiefs play, the Kansas City uh, Arrowhead Stadium. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Well, they had many speakers there. I think Brother Carlton was there, wasn't he? And, and, brother, and you went with him, I think. And, and Carlton Spencer, who was the a son of the founder of the school, Ivan Q. Spencer, and Brother Carlton was on the platform. They had multiple speakers coming up. Uh, Bob Mumford. Uh, was a national speaker. Think of the largest speaker today that you can think of today that you consider one of the largest world-renowned Christian uh, speakers that you can think of. That was Bob Mumford in this day. And he was a teacher here for almost five years before he even wrote his first book, 15 Steps Out. Amazing man of God, worldwide. And he gets up now, and they have this crazy little thing because you look at the digital. The digital is like, you know, it's like Pac-Man stuff. It's that, that's kind of stuff. Just coming out. I mean, te technologically, Dr. Case, you being what you do, you'll see this stuff. It's just they're kind of forming it on the boards and squares and stuff. It's just amazing. And, uh, <clears throat> and he gets up, and he's talking about, uh, uh, he's got this head, I guess that was for recording, and then he had a microphone. Um, and he's talking about some analogy he uses about in the service, and if you have four years and you can get out in three years, they have a, a old, it's called a, a hold timers or whatever it's called. You can't, you're not, they're not worth anything. They're not worth anything because all they're thinking about is when they can get out even though they only have a less than a year. And so he uses this statement, and all of a sudden he makes a statement, and you were there. And I asked him about this statement. He said, he said, I had no idea what was going on. He makes a statement and he says, Jesus said, occupy till you come. Occupy till you come. And he, he said, I was just going on with my teaching. I was just continuing. He said, he said, I he didn't say, he said, God says, occupy till I come. And the whole Colosseum, the whole stadium broke out in praise and worship, and it wouldn't stop. How long was that? 15, 20 minutes they wouldn't stop that worship? And Mumford's sitting up there, and he told me, he said, I didn't even know what I said. 
I thought I was teaching. He said, but the Holy Spirit was fell so powerfully with people worshiping in the Spirit. He said, I couldn't even, I, he, he ended up going back on. He said, but I never finished my message. He said, I was too caught up in the Spirit. It's just miraculous what God can do. So I want you to, to see this. This is Bob Mumford. He taught here, amazing man of God. This is him in 1977, the charismatic Kansas City Conference. How many of you would understand a phrase if I said to you, one of the things that, that tends to, to cause people to lose holiness is what I call a short-timer's attitude. The short-timer's attitude in the military is a disease. If a man is signed up for four years, he does three years, and the last year he's not worth anything because I'm getting out in a year. Now, this is a kind of thing that's gone across the body of Christ. Any minute, man, we're going to get out of here. I said, wait a minute. You're not going anywhere till he lets you. Jesus said, occupy till I come. Do you believe that? witnessed went on before you were born. It was the last great awakening that this country and the world has seen. There's been four great awakenings in this country. That was the last. Merging with the Jesus people movement, which we were saved in. A bunch of hippies got saved. Those people began to praise God, putting their hands over their face, shaking, quivering, just falling in love with God because they were conduits and they made themselves available to the person and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, through the anointing of his spirit. We are not here in this Bible college to just occupy. We are here in this Bible college to make a difference to the nations, make a difference to this nation, and make a difference in any factor or sphere that you move in. How bad do you want 
the power of God. 